Have the Florida Panthers taken a step back this year? Is Matthew Kachuk living up to expectations? We'll have those answers and more on this crossover edition of Lockdown Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Red Wings podcast your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Red Wings feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore F. LA Panthers and thankful to be doing another crossover with the two hosts of Locked On Detroit Red Wings, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. What's up, guys? You know, we're uh, we're we're ready to roll, man. The wings have been uh, the boys have been buzzing lately. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pumped. We always have really good like crossovers, and it's been a few what a couple of months now, maybe yeah. since the preseason. Preseason, did we do one? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, pumped to be back. Uh, pumped for this matchup. We just had a really, really crazy, hectic victory over Tampa. And, uh, you know, going into to Florida right after that is is probably a little bit of a tough task. But we'll see. I'm pumped. Yeah, currently sitting third in the Atlantic Division on a tiebreaker because of that win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, we're currently riding a high, and we're going to try and ride that high as long as possible, hopefully through – tonight's game as for us here at Lockdown Red Wings this will be our uh Thursday episode yeah Thursday episode for for the Panthers feed as well uh, of course you uh the Red Wings are on the third game of their four four game road trip uh wins over Columbus win over Tampa Bay where where the the Red Wings faced a lot of shots uh by Tampa Bay and Philly Huso was incredible and I want I want to I want to start off with just the 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 culture shift for the Detroit Red Wings. Of course, it it was it was really tough with all the turnover that happened with with Detroit. Of course, firing firing Jeff Blaschel, uh, si- signing Dominic Kubalik, David Perron, Andrew Kopp, and Vili Husso. Uh, of of, the, of those guys who have been who who has been the biggest uh biggest contributor as far as as contributing to the team's success this year well you said if one you said it's really tough with all the turnover it was actually pretty easy after the way that season ended <laughs> I, was, last year. I was laughing i was like we were pumped about it honestly we were yeah. really happy uh when it finally happened not anything against jeff blashill i mean as a human we we respect the heck out of him and he was put in a tough situation but it was well past time but if you talk about i mean the biggest contributor that's a really loaded question to ask because they've all contributed so well in so many different regards but I think, and I, we talk about it night in and night out, and you mentioned it, the Red Wings got an incredible game out of Vili Husso, and he continues to be the biggest acquisition, in my opinion, that the Red Wings could have had. They traded for him um, out of St. Louis for, I think, a third-round pick and signed him to an extension, much like they did with Nedeljkovic the year before. But so far, early in the season, you know, while Nedeljkovic showed flashes of brilliance last year but was a little bit hot and cold, 
Huso has been nothing if not consistent for the bulk of the games he's played. He's had one or two bad games here. And one of which came on his sixth consecutive start, which he's not used to in his career. He has been absolutely phenomenal. And in that game last night against the Tampa Bay lightning, he had a goal saved above expected of 3.53. He faced, he made, he saved 44 shots on that in that game. And I mean, there's tons of contributors. I mean, we got to shout out Derek Lalone too, Scotty, because this is his system that he's running. And so nothing works. It doesn't work without him. But I mean, number one is Phil Huso. He's the main reason why you're winning these games. You don't win that game last night. You, he, you don't win that game against the Predators two weeks ago if it weren't for Vili Huso being Vili Huso. Yeah, Huso is definitely the slam dunk uh, number one answer there. And I think, honestly, there's a really clear number two as well. And Dominic Kubalik has been not only comfortably the best value-wise, the best signing the Red Wings have made, but I would argue he's been one of the best value signings in the entire NHL up to this point in the season. He is score- producing at an unreal clip and got off to an incredible start when it comes to like goals, just putting the puck in the back of the net. Uh, his style of play fits exactly what this team needed. So many times last season, we were just screaming at the TV, like, someone please shoot the puck. And Dominic Kubelik gets off like five to seven a night, like with, like on net a night. Yes. Like, like, it's, it, like he, he is not afraid to grip it and rip it. And that's exactly what this team needed. And like I said, he's producing at an unreal clip. Until recently, he was at a point of game. He's he still, still around. Yeah, he's okay. still at a point. So, Still like, and yeah, he's been, he's been unbelievable getting like top six minutes, getting first unit power play minutes. Uh, He has been an unreal infusion into this offense and it has been exactly what this team needed. So I I would say Huso is definitely not only the biggest acquisition, but probably the biggest sole reason why we find ourselves in the position that we're in, in the standings. Um, And, and Kubalik is, is very much second as well. Yeah, and I think uh, if you want to give one to the defensive side too, I think Oli Mata has been yeah. the underrated signing of the offseason for the Detroit Red Wings. You sign him, he is a defensive defenseman. You know what you're going to get out of him. He had a huge offensive resurgence early in the season, but we knew that would taper off. It's kind of tapered off. He's getting secondary apples here and there. But really what makes his value so high is the way they deploy him. They put him on a pair with Phil Peronic, who is a pure offensive defenseman, and they have really leveled each other out, and they have become the best defense. And I'm not joking when I say this, because this is on a team with Def- Mort Sider, reigning rookie of the year. Phil Peronic and Olimata are the best defensive pairing on the Detroit Red Wings right now, to the point where they're getting more ice time at the end of the game than Mort Sider and Ben Chirot, because they've been so reliable. Philip Pronick doesn't have to be afraid to step up and make offensive plays because he knows Olimata's behind him. So it's they, they've really leveled each other out. And I think if you talk about the best acquisitions at each position, it's Vili Huso, Dominic Kubalik, and um, Olimata. But I mean, all the other acquisitions as well have finally started to kind of come together. Perron started off hot. Uh, Andrew Kopp starting to come into his own. He, he had surgery in the offseason. So his first game was the first regular season game. It's taken him a while to get back into it after core surgery. Um, ben Sherrod is, we're still, he's probably the one we're iffiest on because Ben Sherrod giveth and Ben Sherrod taketh away. But every single piece that they've acquired, even Austin Zarnick, who was a depth forward for the Detroit Red Wings. He was a guy that they signed to stay in Grand Rapids until injuries happened, has come up and scored goals for the Detroit Red Wings. So every single piece that they've acquired has paid dividends so far through the season. And, 
that roster turnover is what has them sitting at 13, seven and five here uh, a little over a quarter of the way in. Yeah. And you talk about uh, being uh, the, the giveth and taketh with a uh, bench rot. Of course, Florida Panthers uh, fans dealt with a little bit of it for uh, 20 plus games, plus the playoffs. And then we, you talk about Ole Amata and, Heronic, uh, a stay-at-home defenseman versus an offensive defenseman, and then you have that, uh, and then of course, uh, with with all the point production that's coming with the Detroit Red Wings, three of the top five point getters from what I'm seeing are are, are new acquisitions. So you don't have to rely too much on a Dylan Larkin. You don't have to rely too much on a Lucas Raymond and, and, and a Maury Sider as well. But now that now that the Detroit Red Wings are in a position where where they're on a point pace. Of 100 which uh which brian tweeted out this morning uh as as far as the as far as uh i know we're a little bit away from the trade deadline but uh the red wings have a lot of cat space coming up uh and that they could even they could even trade for someone who's under contract for uh, quite a few years uh is there a player in mind or maybe even like a bull horvat or something that that they could possibly uh go after in the trade deadline I would say a lot of that, honestly, is still to be determined by where they sit in the standings of the trade deadline. I, I would say that that's definitely not set in stone at the time being. Like, Brian and I have been very open about the fact that uh, early on and in coming into the season, we expected this team to be, like, one of the best teams in the NHL to miss the playoffs, like, right on the outside looking in. And if you get to the trade deadline, like, if you pull up in February and, and like, the All-Star break and post-All-Star break and – and scoot into the trade deadline and you're still in a playoff spot, then I think what you do at the deadline is is vastly different than if we start seeing the decline, you know, somewhat soon and as the winter goes on. So uh, I, I think, I don't know, not to like cop out of the answer, but I think it's still like too early to tell. And the only reason I say too early to tell is just because we are exceeding expectations so far. And that was like an unplanned for thing. So I, I think that, that that'll, you know, if we maintain this, it's probably a different answer than like if we revert back to, cause we got off to a hot start last year and then fell off a cliff in the second half too. So, yeah, I, I, I actually had this conversation with my buddy, Kenny, who uh, works at works down the hall for me over at 97 one today. Cause he was asking me the same thing. He goes, at what point do we start thinking about being buyers? And I told him like, unless we're in like third place in the Atlantic division, like not a wild card spot. Cause you know how, when you get in that wild card territory, one or two bad losses can set you back huge. If you're in a divisional spot, then maybe we can start having a conversation. But I don't see, I honestly, Scotty, I don't even see a future for the Detroit Red Wings where they go full buyer mode at this oh, I deadline. I think this core is still too young for and sure. it's still too raw to go full buyer mode. What you could see maybe is a mix. I mean, you have guys like Tyler Bertuzzi on expiring deals and unfortunately he's now suffered his second broken hand of the season out for another four to six weeks. And his value because of that, not that that's the most important thing, obviously him returning healthy is most important, but his value because of that is going to take a huge hit unless he comes back from this injury and lights it up until the trade deadline. But, you know, if you can't work out a deal with him, then it you you got to move him at the deadline, you would think. I don't want to see Tyler Bertuzzi dealt because I love what he brings to the team. I love his game, but... You know, with who you have to sign here in a couple next couple of years, you're gonna you're gonna run out of cap space very quickly. And so I think you might see a mix if they're in the playoff mix. I think you might see a mix of 
buying and selling at the same time. Think think of what the what I'm trying to get at is think of what they did with Anthony Mantha. That's what I'm trying to get at is in terms of what you might see. They traded Anthony Mantha away, but they got Jacob Vrana back. So it was a one-for-one one trading our piece that's not performing for your piece that's not performing. Jacob Vrana has had his own issues off ice, and we, we hope he comes back whenever he's ready, and he's suffered injuries along the way. We haven't gotten to see a full season of him, but when he does play, he's electric. And so I imagine if we can ever get him for a full 82 season, he can be a major difference maker. So I'm thinking if you're going to do anything at the trade deadline, it's going to be something along those lines. Not a complete sell, but not a complete buy. Probably just looking to revamp the lineup like Steve Eiserman has been doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Steve Eiserman not making any promises uh, no. uh, as far as far as where this where a, a team is going to be at a certain point, and doesn't he doesn't seem to follow timelines? Uh, that's for sure. But <laughs> no, we're his own says, timeline. Rebuild is over when it's over, is what he says. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where the guys are going to be asking me some Florida Panther related questions to prepare for this matchup on Thursday night. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, soccer, esports. We've got it all at bet online if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well we're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts all right segment two crossover edition between the lockdown florida panthers podcast and the lockdown red wings uh, Scotty, myself, uh, and Armando are here, and we're going to talk about your Florida Panthers, Armando. And my number one question is, and I, we asked you about it during the preseason, and you said that you expected the Panthers to take a small step back this season, trading away Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger for a much younger Matthew Kachuk. And my question is, is this exactly what you were expecting sitting currently fifth in the Atlantic division, not too far behind? Granted, you're only three points behind, third place it's not like you're that far behind but has Matthew Kachuk been all he was hyped up to be and is this where you were expecting the Panthers to be at this point in the season I expected to be as far as standings wise I was expecting to be still in the top three but there's still plenty of time and they haven't gone on a winning streak of three games yet this season so it's just been you see the Panthers uh win two games and then they're in the number one spot in the wild card then lose a game or two and then they're right on the outside looking in, but they're still in that position to still make something happen, to still make a little bit of a run that they're still going to be in the race uh, toward, towards the end of the season. But as far as Matthew Kachuk, I mean, he's fifth in the in tied for fifth in the NHL in points with, uh, with 35. J the only guys that he's behind are Nikita Kucherov, Jason Robertson, um, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And as far as uh, goals per 60, uh, in the NHL, he's in the top three as far as goals per 60. So everything that Matthew Kachuk ha has, uh, has has been has just been just so much so joyous to watch. I mean, sure, there are there, he, he is he is an agitator. That's what you're going to get from from Matthew Kachuk being in front of the net uh, after the whistle. But it brings a little bit of a uh, toughness factor for for this team. And uh, my, my favorite one of my favorite things of Matthew Kachuk's game is like when he's behind the net and every nobody know no, and nobody knows what move he's going to make next and also the the difference between between him and Huberto of, of 
Huberto being more of a distributor and Matthew Kachuk. I mean, there's been so many times in, in, in game situations where you need a goal and Matthew Kachuk is right there in front of the net to tip something in. So he, he's always uh, putting uh, other players in great position as well. I mean, uh, even though Sasha Barkov has been out for the last uh, six games, which we have some news on uh, uh, Alexander Barkov uh, with uh, his father told the Finnish newspaper called is or is i uh, i i don't know how it definitely tr- uh, translates to english but talking about how barkov has had pneumonia for the last uh for the last few weeks tried uh, missed the game tried playing felt sick against washington and then uh and then it didn't get better so he the the coaching staff felt it wasn't uh right for him to go on the west coast trip but he's been skating a little bit and he's expected to play on thursday night against the detroit red wings so missed the entire road trip they're coming off a uh exactly 500 road trip two two and one uh, in western canada but you know there are only two games under 500 on the road and last season they even though this team's not the same as last season they went almost a month and a half without winning a game on the road so the fact that they're you know still treaded treaded water a little bit after a few not so great games in edmonton and calgary even though they could have gotten two points out of edmonton uh the, 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 this Panthers team, when healthy, is still in very great position to 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 make a run. And I mean, Anton Lindell, hopefully he's able to make his return to the Panthers lineup as well. Radko Gudis is still in concussion protocol as well. Patrick Hornquist is on LTIR. Uh, Anthony Duclair has uh, skated individually, but not in a team setting. So it's going to be a little while until he comes back. So it, it's a uh, it's. And, and the Panthers are up against the cap with $6.4 million of buyout money uh, with Scott Darling and Keith Yandel. So they're doing <laughs> what they can uh, right now with, with what they got. And the fact that they're still challenging for a playoff spot, uh, it's, uh, it's just about where I expected, but uh, wish they could be, of course, a little higher in the standings. I was thinking like around third around this time. Sure. Well, I, I do want to try and i don't know as best as you can i guess just nail down like the a, a specific reason as to why it's been such a different start to the year than the end of last season was i mean obviously last season was uh, you know a, a phenomenal year and now i mean like brian said like so far it's it, you know out of the playoff picture of the season ended today but what would you attribute the biggest reason to that I don't want to call it fall off yet because again there's still so much season left but like the odds of them having a 120 some odd points again are like looking pretty slim like what's the the the, I guess just the biggest difference from outside of maybe the trade like the biggest difference from from last year's team to this year's team so far well the the Panthers uh the Panthers average around uh, 4.15 goals a game last year and of course the goal production isn't there like it was but they're still around the tops really in the NHL still it's it's you can't the truth is you can't outscore all your problems uh for for the Panthers (laughs) ain't that true yeah (laughs) but now now we go to the other side of the puck um where where Aaron Ekblad even though he's missed he missed a little bit of time he's kind of regressed a little bit uh as far as as far as uh this season i i've constantly seen him get get beat uh, i i believe that maybe he's still dealing with the with the groin injury that he had uh in the beginning of the season so he's regressed a little bit i mean they with with the limited cap space they had 
uh, of course, signing Mark Stahl. Of course, you guys uh, dealt with um, Mark, Mark Stahl for, for a little bit there in uh, Detroit. Great on the penalty kill. Valuable minutes on, on, I still the, love on the penalty him. kill. Still so, love him. Fair, I don't care if he's washed up. I still love him. Yeah. And him and Eric Stahl as well. I mean, there's a reason why Eric Stahl wasn't in the league last year. Uh, and and But he's also been valuable on the penalty kill as well. But you're you're asking older guys on minimal deals to try to tread water and of but but also there's also a, a a factor that these guys in the locker room can can teach these guys on on how to win i mean the front office isn't thinking step back we that's a, that's just a narrative that we create and of course we see the talent on the ice of what's uh what what's uh what's put together but you know they're they're you have a, a few veterans there, of course, with a few injuries, and let's uh, let's address an, uh, the truth about who who has really regressed. It, it's been Sergei Bobrovsky. Um, he hasn't had the season that he has la- last year. Um, the and Spencer Knight has taken a majority of the starts, even though he got pulled in Winnipeg uh, the other day after giving up three goals on fifteen shots. But uh, even even in the even in the one start that he had and. In in an eight game span, I mean, Sergey Borovsky was just not good. Gave up a pretty embarrassing goal on the fourth goal in uh, Calgary, on, in Matthew Kachuk's uh, re- return. So, uh, I I think I maybe we could see Sergey Borovsky um, on on Thursday night because now that Spencer started six of seven uh, of the last seven, and now he has more starts. We could now we could see maybe we could see Paul Maurice trying to put Sergey Borovsky in one. It's like okay. If he can have one uh, good performance, then we can go. Then they could go back to the rotation that they originally wanted to in the beginning of the season. But it, it's kind of forced Paul Maurice's hand because the the Panthers are not in a position to tank. Their draft pick belongs to the Montreal Canadiens, unprotected. So tanking is out of the question for this team. So they're they're in the business of what what this team needs to do to win. So. The the goaltending, if they see that Spencer Knight, even on a cheaper deal, uh, is performing better, they they it, his his hand will be forced. It's a good thing I'm not the host of Lockdown Florida Panthers because I would just be the biggest Bob Truther out there, and all your listeners would hate me. I forgot <laughs> that like, you love nope, him. not his fault ever. I love him. Okay, I forgot. But uh, yeah, no, it's totally fair. Yeah. I- when it comes to the Florida Panthers, I mean, the only real question I had left would have to do with Paul Maurice. You you won the President's Trophy last season uh, with an interim head coach at the helm, and that I'm sorry, I'm I'm blanking on the name right now, but he, Andrew Burnett, Andrew Burnett, and I believe he went and joined the New Jersey Devils coaching staff, mm-hmm. who are off to an incredible start, and I don't know how much. The Devils had had a fantastic core, and it was just waiting for it to all come together, and those pieces came together. I couldn't have predicted them being as good as they are. You wonder how much credit Brunette gets going from the Panthers having a 100-plus point season winning the President's Trophy to now the Devils being incredible. But you let him walk, and there's some conversation that their struggles in the playoffs were because of him. And you bring in Paul Maurice, who's a very experienced head coach, but someone who hasn't seen playoff success in quite some time. How are things working out with Paul Maurice? Obviously you're fifth in the division, but are you seeing things when you watch the team play that maybe you go, okay, I can see what the thought here is. Yeah. I mean, at the first in the beginning of the season, the defense was the least of the Panthers problems. And we spoke about really how on paper 
um, the defense was really the the issue for for this Panthers team. Of course, uh, trading away Mackenzie Weger has a lot to do uh, with that, but also uh, also with uh, Paul Maurice is just just hearing him speak as well about how of his approach. Uh, he's not the type of guy who just throws players under the bus, and he, I think I think really for a group of Florida Panthers who have a good mix of mid twenties. And and a and, and three guy three or four guys who are who are in their thirties, I think that he just wants to. I don't think he wants to play babysitter for for this Panthers team. And I think he's just he's like I'm I'll, I'm going to implement the systems. You guys are the players, and 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 you play. And you and one thing we notice is that even even when one person is having a bad game, you'll never see Paul Maurice uh, throw them under the bus. He's not he's, he's not Tortorella. Yeah, he he's he's not he's not your raw raw type of guy. That's what I've noticed with uh Palm Palm Reese, and he likes to he's very good at he's very good at smooth talking the media. That's that's for sure. And even 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 I've had to like take a step back from uh, from hearing him speak because sometimes. But even with like the non hockey stuff and him talking about like mental health, like re- especially on media day, was really great to hear about about Paul Maurice, But also just I I could. I, I don't I don't necessarily know we don't necessarily know everything that ha- that happened of like why the relationship with the Jets went wrong uh, towards the end but maybe it's just a matter of something just got old after a while too and he even said it new voice so and that's the thing new new voice for this uh, Panthers team and they they wanted the experience that Bill Zito felt that this team was uh was ready to take that next step and uh they they said this is an experienced guy and I I feel I feel for Andrew Burnett uh. But three goals in four four playoff games against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and and with the fourth game, your first time that whole season that you were shut out. Every single game before that regular season and playoffs, they were not shut out at all. Yeah. So t- tough, t- tough ending. Uh, and that's what happens when you also go one for thirty one on the power play in in in, in the postseason. So that's uh that's really that's really what uh stung towards the end of that that run for the Panthers. Absolutely. And so when we come back, we'll get into the game that is happening tonight by the time all you guys are listening to this between the Detroit Red Wings and the Florida Panthers. Uh, So stay tuned to this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Red Wings. Welcome back to this crossover edition of Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast. So. Panthers, Red Wings, uh, 7.30, ESPN Plus. Uh, Bob Ustrichin will be on the call and Brian Boucher. Uh, Did you so, just say ESPN Plus? Yes, it's an ESPN Plus. Why, are our, why when our two teams play, is it always on ESPN Plus? It is the, literally every single time the Red Wings play the Panthers, it's an ESPN Plus game, and it's been like that for two years now. Yeah, uh, I, I, guess, uh, I guess they just want to... Scotty, I gotta go. Have fun, buddy. It's, it's a, Dude, it's we're gonna a, get it's shelled. To get... That's what's gonna happen. We're about to get absolutely shelled. Every time we were on ESPN Plus last year, we got obliterated, oh. and half of them were against y'all. So there you go. I'm not expecting that uh, this time around because this Detroit Red Wings team is just completely different from um, what what it was uh, last year. But as far as the as far as the game uh, goes, with I think there's I think there's, there's going to be a little bit of rejuvenation for the for the Panthers getting their captain back hopefully Anton Lundell uh, ho- hopefully coming back as well with 
Patrick Hornquist's LTIR space, they don't have to have only just 20 players on their roster now. So that's a good thing that now you can have a few scratches here here and there for, for the Panthers because being in that position, even though hopefully it's a one-season thing for, for the Panthers, it's it's a it, we're we're feeling we're feeling the cap the 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 cap right now for the for the Panthers, but I I think I think that with with uh, this matchup I think that the Florida Panthers are gonna come out with a win. But I, I'm I'm expecting I'm expecting Billy Huso to be between the pipes on the other side, um, just with especially with uh, three shutouts and a. Uh, nine nine eighteen nine sixteen um, goals against average, but I think the Panthers are going to come out uh, desperate after a long road trip. They won't actually won't be doing morning skate tomorrow uh, after coming back from a West Coast trip, so they'll be uh, hopefully fresh uh, come uh, Thursday night. Uh, how about you guys? Well, I'm I mean it's Florida's still a tough team despite obviously the the start to the year and everything. That's still one of the better teams in this division, and I think that. If you were to ever have a let get down game from the Detroit Red Wings side of things, it would be this game. Like if I I wish everyone could watch the game against the Lightning because it was one of the most like high paced, just honestly electric hockey games that that we've seen all year. And that's awesome. And it was a win, and there's nothing bad about that, but the game after can sometimes be a little bit of a letdown game. Uh, if it's not, I would be thrilled. Even if it's a close, hard fought, maybe we steal a point or something uh, type of game, like I would be absolutely thrilled. But if there was ever a kind of easing off the gas, like a like a letdown type of game, it would certainly be after the last two games that the Wings have had. And uh, yeah, I don't know that. ESPN plus kind of juju is still <laughs> the in my head too. It's yeah. the Madden curse for the Red Wings. Right. Uh, the, anytime they're on ESPN plus. No, but I think that this is a winnable game for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, we talked about going into Tampa and defacing the Lightning and how if the Red Wings just played them close because the Red Wings have been historically this season very bad at even strength play, five-on-five five play. In fact, they ranked 25th in the league at expected goals for percentage at five-on-five. But that has been better as of late. And even in the first two periods against Tampa Bay, they played them close and played them tough. But everything we were afraid of with Tampa Bay came to fruition in period three when they got desperate. They put their they put their foot on the gas Almost and they outshot the Red Wings. Shot period. Outshot the Red Wings 29 to 7 <laughs> in the third period. So and the Florida Panthers are even better at even strength than the Tampa Bay Lightning are this year. They haven't expected goals for percentage of like 63, they're third in the league. So, I mean, if the Red Wings want to win this game, they got to play them tough at five on five, as tough as they did against the Vegas Golden Knights, against the Toronto Maple Leafs, against the Tampa Bay Lightning to the first two periods, because they're, they're playing tougher teams now. And these teams aren't going to give them the chance. Now, where I think the Red Wings have the natural edge is on special teams. The Red Wings special teams is, I think, 15th on the penalty kill and 21st on the power play, which doesn't sound all that great. But the Florida Panthers special team so far isn't too hot either. And I think that's probably one of the big reasons why you guys are struggling um, because third at even strength for quality shooting attempts is phenomenal. But if you can't score when you're up a man and you can't stop a guy, the other team from scoring when you're down a man, 
you're going to be put in a tough situation. And I, the Red Wings have been very good so far this season, especially with Dominic Kubelik in that circle in the power play at converting on the power play. So I think that this is a winnable game. And I think if they can play your Panthers tough at five on five, I think they'll sneak away with the win. Yeah, and uh, the Panthers on th- Tuesday night against Winnipeg uh, had a 25-shot uh, second period. Uh, but uh, but facing uh, Connor Hellebuck, one of the best uh, goalies in the NHL, a, a little bit of a uh, tough ass, especially for a team that was uh, also shorthanded at the time roster-wise uh, for for the, for this team. So five-on-five five is the key for, um, of course, the Red Wings, but also for the Panthers as, as they're uh, one of the best uh, uh teams at five on five but uh, as far as uh goals above expected the panthers every single category has uh has had them like near 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 the bottom as as far as that but of course we we expect uh these to eventually equal out and who, who knows uh maybe the the panthers uh run uh comes a, a, a hopefully soon because um they still haven't had a three-game winning streak uh this season so um, I, 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 I'm, I'm a believer that it, it will, it will eventually, the, the floodgates will open for this Panthers team, but it's, it's a, it, this Detroit Red Wings team is not a team that we, nobody can in the <laughs> NHL can just sleep on anymore. It's, it's not a team that you could just step Bless. on. Bless. We finally made it. We're no <laughs> so, longer slept on. We're no longer everybody's <laughs> punching bag. Let's go. We took yeah. the step forward that everyone thought Otto was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are they doing? Let's let's have let's, we're, have, we're, we're, let's have another Sens crossover after this. Let's <laughs> let's talk turkey with them. Yeah. I mean, and and their GM did come out and say rebuilds over and oof. And that's he, why you don't see it. Chris yeah. Illich of the owner of stop, the Tigers stop, and Red Wings said stop, the same thing about the Tigers last year. You never say the rebuilds stop, over. Stop. Blending work right now. All right. We're focusing on hockey. You don't say the rebuild's over. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But, guys, uh, this this was great uh, doing another crossover with you guys. Of course, always entertaining uh, be, be, uh, between you two. Of course, the 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 the, the bickering, of, of course, the friendly bickering, of course, <laughs> that, that you guys. Uh, That's what we want them to think. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. But, Scotty uh, and I hate each other. Yeah, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> but uh tell everybody on my feed where they can find you and your work online um i am at bentley scotty on twitter uh the lockdown red wings show is at lo underscore red wings and i also host locked on tigers if you are a detroit tigers florida panthers fan and you can find that at locked on tigers on twitter and yeah i think that's everything i do Scotty, don't sell yourself short. He's also a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. He's a I writer. That. He is a writer. Uh, yeah. yeah, high school hockey season coming up, baby. Let's go. Uh, I'm wow. a. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Check that out at Odyssey.com or wherever you get your podca- podcast. Talking about Wolverines. We talked about Wolverines on Tuesday, and that episode popped off. I'll, I'll have you. Know. I listened. Thank you. I of appreciate course. that. It was good. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Brian Fisher WWJ. And that's about it for me. Yeah. And uh, since this is a, since on my feed, it's a South Florida uh, show. Um, if you like Mikel Cabrera, uh, make sure you uh, go to it's Locked On Tigers baby. as well so that you could hear Scotty cover Miguel Cabrera's last season in Major League Baseball as he says farewell 
um, after getting 3,000 hits last season. Now and now it's the the goodbye for uh, Miguel Cabrera. But people on the Detroit Red Wings feed can find me at on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And of course, um, maybe help the subscribers on on YouTube on on my end. But gentlemen. It's been great, and uh, thank you once again. And I'll and I'll and can't wait for the next one. Absolutely, it was Absolutely. a blast, Armando. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you. Thank you.